It's another edition of Library Guide and Gal. Go to the movies. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Library Gals, da 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 da. We have movies that we're gonna talk about, talking about movies. Woo woo. Fa la 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 la. Aww. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Movies. I'm Via. And I'm Katie. And today, uh, as you can tell, we are in the holiday spirit. Oh, it is so December. Sp- much spirit. I have my ugly Christmas sweater on. It's beautiful Christmas sweater. It's very festive. I have just, I'm I'm in the holiday spirit. What about you? Me too. I sadly, I don't have an ugly Christmas sweater. I need to get one. I've been waiting. It's just like some of them are so expensive. I found really cool ones though. Like there was a labyrinth one online and I found a Lion King one online and Mm -hmm. I just like haven't gotten them yet. So I need to get on that. I have I do one. Christmas. I have one that has a dinosaur on it. <gasps> it's beautiful. It's great. I love it. I didn't wear it today. I want it to be more comfy. That yeah. one gets really hot. So that was very warm. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I actually really like the holidays. I like it. Just I just like the the I don't know if it's like the cheeriness or the festiveness, but I love like seeing all the lights and how pretty it is. And sadly, we don't have any snow on the ground right now. No. Um. Even though it's December, and but yeah, normally it's just the the way that things look. I'm I'm a baby about the cold, so like I can't be out in it very long. But I love how it looks. It's just magical, and I I'm, think it's pretty. I absolutely like agree. Time. I really always want a uh, white Christmas. Yeah, I constantly wish for a We're white Christmas. We're from the Midwest. Of That's course exactly we do. right. It's it's in the song. We're supposed to want it. Um, at last year, we got a beautiful white Christmas. We, we got did. like three or four inches of snow, maybe more. Uh, this year, we're going to get Ohio rain. Um, I wonder, what do you think the weather is going to be like in Cincinnati for Christmas? Hmm. My cousin lives in Cincinnati, uh-huh. so let me think. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's slight, very slightly further south, so I'm going to also predict rain. Okay. If they get snow before us, I am going to be upset. So you don't think that a world-ending fairy tale? caliber blizzard is going to hit Cincinnati Hmm. by next week. I mean, that would be quite a magical thing. That would just come out of nowhere, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh, wouldn't it just be so... So magical. It, it almost sounds like the like the plot for a movie. It sounds like a, a movie is forming in my brain. Hmm. Is this a spoiler or a clue for the movie we're going to talk about today? I don't know. Um, so yes, we are talking about <laughs> a Christmas movie this episode. And if you have seen this, this is a made-for-TV movie. Yes. So I don't know if people have seen it, but it's Babes in Toyland. <laughs> it is uh, an '80s version of Babes in Toyland that was uh, made for TV. Like I. I said, but it stars some wonderful people. It stars Keanu Reeves. Uh-huh. We told you we were coming back with Keanu, and we made that promise real. It also has Drew Barrymore uh, in. No, this wasn't her first role. No, because um, she was, was in like, like ET and post Firestarter, I think, yeah, or yes. like right around the time of Firestarter. Like ET and Firestarter have happened, and uh-huh. then this one, I think. Yes, uh, it's got Pat Morena. Mm-hmm. It's got Richard Mulligan. Uh, it has Eileen Brennan, who Eileen Brennan is the is the actress like back in the day who I have seen in so many things, but I don't always like remember that I know her. Uh-huh. But if you're having trouble with that name, if you've ever seen the Clue movie, she plays Mrs. Peacock <laughs> Mrs. in that. Peacock. She's fantastic. Yes. So that's Eileen Brenner. 
Um, um, and yeah. I, um, I'm looking it up right now, but I'm pretty sure I, this one was so fun. I, and I had never seen it before. So this was a first time watch for me. Um, oh yes, it was the show Empty Nest. Richard Mulligan was oh, on Empty yes. Nest, which was kind of prime, uh, 80s sitcom for me. And I think it was also a spinoff of the Golden Girls, if I remember Oh correctly. yeah, he was on the Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, I think right. it was yeah. like a, an offshoot of that. So, um, that's where I most remembered him from. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you'd never seen it. Never. Whereas on my end, this is one of my beloved childhood films uh-huh. and Christmas films. I remember... Um, so, so my grandma, uh, she used to have like a bunch, like just a case full of, of VHSs, even like after VHSs were dead, mm-hmm. had a VHS player. Um, and this was always one of those. And so every year, probably even like not on Christmas or around Christmas, I would watch this. And so it was the Babes in Toyland I knew like the most, <laughs> like the version I knew the most. So this was made for TV. So was yeah. the VHS you had, was it... Um, an actual, like, produced copy on VHS, or was it taped off of TV? No, it was a real produced... Like, it had a a fancy cover. It was green. It had Keanu (laughs) on the front looking like... Like, like gazing into the distance, like, oh, I'm about to do something oh, heroic and Christmassy. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It that was man is ageless. He really is. <laughs> Truly beautiful, ageless. Beautiful, man. Uh-huh. I actually, I saw a, a thing the other day that was um, him on a, on a show talking about the sad Keanu meme that's been around. Uh-huh. And he's like, guys, I'm just eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that sad. Yeah. But yeah, so that was one of my, like, staple Christmas movies as a kid, but um, did you, like, have any, like, staple, like, Christmas movies that you just grew up with and watched all the time? I was always one on the lookout for all the TV specials, Mm -hmm. so Rudolph, Frosty, and um, later on I got really into, and I still watch it when I can, this is kind of embarrassing, but I love the Shrek the Halls. I've not seen that. Oh, one. it's adorable. I, I mean, that came along like much later for me, and but for like five or six years, I would get it from the library. It's on DVD, and that's what I would watch when I would wrap presents. That's amazing. I and it's that it's actually really funny. Um, Shrek doesn't know what Christmas is, and then he has to decorate the whole swamp huh. for Christmas because that's what Fiona wants. Are there musical numbers? There are. I was gonna say yeah. uh, if there's anything I learned from like the the like end credits of the first Shrek movie where they do that whole music like mesh of things together like Mm -hmm. Shrek's got it when it comes to soundtracks and musical numbers it was good I always like Shrek because I think it has good jokes for grown ups too yes yeah it's one of those like good pivotal for everybody like family movies yes yeah yeah, but this one was a whole new watch for me and I don't know why it's kind of funny because it would have been out around the time that I was, I mean, I'm almost the same age as Drew Barrymore, so mm. we're kind of similar in age. I was seven when this one came out, so yeah, I missed it though. Didn't it? Didn't ever cross my path. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. born yet. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it later. Uh, but yeah, to give a little bit of background on Babes in Toyland, because this is not—it's actually not as far away from the original. Okay. Uh, Babes in Toyland, or like, or like a lot of the renditions that that were going on, but it is a little different. So the original Babes in Toyland was actually an operetta, and it was uh, created by Victor Herber, uh, and it was inspired because of the success of Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and then it went on to um, inspire a bunch of fairy tale themed operas and musicals and things. But so the original version, I did not know this. It's heavy. Oh. So it was it was uh, from 1903 was the original. 
and it's uh, Alan and Jane are orphans in the care of their wicked uncle Barnaby, and he wants to steal their inheritance. Um, and so he arranges for two sailors to go and like basically like shipwreck them and like leave them lost at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a bunch of gypsies uh, return them, I guess to Mary Contrary, the Mother Goose character's garden. Okay. And um, she's the eldest daughter of the widow Piper, and believing that Alan is dead, she runs away with her brother Tom Tom uh, rather than to marry Barnaby, who she's been set up for okay. in return, in, like, instead of that. So after a second attempt on their lives, Alan and Jane are abandoned in the forest of no return. Uh, they're protected by the Moth Queen, and uh, then Old Mother Hubbard's shoe is threatened for foreclosure by Barnaby. Oh, my. Um, when Alan and Jane get to Toyland, they find both Mary Contrary and Tom Tom and seek protection with the Toy Master, who ends up in this version being an evil genius oh. who's in cahoots with Barnaby that create they're creating toys to kill and maim. <laughs> kids. Oh <laughs> I know, right? What? And so, uh, the demonically possessed dolls turn on the toy maker and kill him. Oh, my. And then, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, Alan Mary's, um, lover, uh, is sentenced to death, and so she agrees to marry Barnaby instead to kind of get him free, mm-hmm. and then, uh, Barnaby dies after drinking wine filled with poison, and... Tom Tom reveals that the old law of Toyland permitting marriage between a widow and a condemned man on condition that he supports her may save Alan from the gallows, and now Alan and Mary can marry each other. It's like, it's, it comes off way more political and it dark does. than I expected it to be. I love when uh, laws and politics right. come to children's Right, the ending stories. is so it's weird. It's really great. And then in the 70s, apparently, uh, the light opera of Manhattan lightened it up a bunch uh-huh. and like the toy master was no longer evil okay. and um, it was more about finding like the true meaning of the Christmas meaning. And, and like them being siblings that run away to a like a magical land because their parents don't pay attention to them or something so, nice and that's kind of more what inspired uh this version of the TV, made-for-TV version. Mm-hmm. So this one um, frames it with a girl named Lisa, who's played by Drew Barrymore, and uh, she's a girl from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn a lot about Cincinnati. They'll never let you forget it. Nope. I, actually, <laughs> so we'll talk about that later, but I'll tell you, yeah. But um, she's helping her family on Christmas Eve. Basically, she's taking care of all the younger kids because um, the dad's passed away and everybody else is working, um, including her mom, who's trying to get home. So she has kind of become the, um, like, she's a younger sibling, but she's mature for her age because she's taking care of a lot of things and cooking dinner and doing things like that. Um, so she hears on the news that a big blizzard is coming. So she contacts her older sister and she's like, you need to get home. And she can't. So Lisa decides to go out into the beginning of the storm and go get her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, on their way back home, they <laughs> get bumped uh, and Lisa falls out of the back of the Jeep and knocks herself unconscious. Where she wakes up in Toyland. In Toyland, of course. (laughs) Uh, And she ends up uh, getting into a bunch of mischief. Uh, We have, again, Mary Contrarius there. She is about to be uh, betrothed to the evil Barnaby. And uh, only this time it's switched. This time it's, again, so that the foreclosure cannot happen on her mom's house. Uh Uh-huh. Because they make uh, the Widow Hubbard both, like, they almost make her, like, the old woman that lived in a shoe. Yes. And then 
Mother Hubbard, and then like they make her like four different characters. They did in one woman. She literally does live in a shoe. Yeah, with all of her kids. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, and so yeah, so they change the inheritance to kind of switch it because that woman like doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lisa breaks that up. She busts in after she. This is the funniest part. I'll, I'll we'll keep going with this. But yeah, that's basically she ends up in Toyland and and mischief ensues. So we'll keep talking about this. Yes. But, so five minutes into Drew Barrymore's character, Lisa, getting into Toyland, she sees a wedding happening, can just instantly tell that uh, Mary Contrary does not love Barnaby and wants to be with uh, Jack Nimble, who, uh-huh. is, who is the Tom of this. And that's uh, Jack Nimble is played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, sigh. Yeah. And so she barges in and she's like, no, you don't love him. <laughs> this wedding can't happen. And, like, she's some girl dressed really weird, like, from, like, a whole nother world. I I wish I had that confidence. Right? Yeah. The Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, she does. She drops right into t- Toyland and no one even does a double take. They don't, they don't look at her clothes. They don't think it's weird that she just showed up out of nowhere. They're just like, oh, hey. And doesn't she do it kind of messy, too? Yeah. Doesn't she, like, like She's on a sled. In, yeah, she, like, makes <laughs> she a big entrance. Flies through the air on a sled, crashes in, and they're just like, there's a girl here. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> right. Back to, back to our, our Back to our cookies. horrible, to terrifying cookies. wedding. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I always, I, like, after seeing that, I wish that I had the confidence of of a family movie heroine yes. who gets, who's been there for a minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I but know yeah. what's going on here. So, but this is funny. This is where it gets funny for me because the beginning is set up where the mom is driving home in a blizzard, the Christmas tree is up, and the older sister has to go to work at a toy store, a department store, wherever she is. On Christmas Eve, and the store, of course, is overrun with people doing last-minute shopping and freaking out about the holidays, but no one's letting them know about this impending blizzard that's Mm -hmm. coming through. And then once uh, the crash happens in the snowstorm and uh, Lisa is whisked away to Toyland, I really feel like it stopped being a Christmas movie. Nothing really feels very Christmassy until kind of the Toy Master, and then it gets a little bit more Christmassy towards the end. But it's another one of those movies where, like, it happens at Christmas. It gets Christmassy later, but the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't feel like Christmas. It's bright, sunny, Mm -hmm. beautiful day inside Toyland, and it's way more a fairy tale movie than it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, and maybe that's why I could watch it all year round. Yeah, that could be. Just get past the Christmas in the beginning, and it's a summer movie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But yeah, and sadly, so um, it's interesting that they do this. Lisa, the character, constantly is saying, like, I'm not a child, I'm not a child, mm-hmm. when she's 11 in the movie. Yeah. And uh, it, it, there's kind of a sad reflection of that, because Drew Barrymore really was 11 during the filming of this. Um, but it was also already the time when she had kind of been introduced to her, like, addiction period in her life. So she'd already been a regular at nightclubs, and she's been, like, smoking for a couple yeah. years now. Um, and it was, like, the beginning of her... Um, deal with alcohol and that would eventually become like cocaine and, mm-hmm. and pot and stuff like that. So she was like right at the beginning of that. 
Um, so yeah, it's like it's like that whole like growing up too early thing um, was a was a weird parallel for that. And it's like right before you get into all of that. But I love Drew Barrymore so much. Like, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad with how like how far her career has come and, and like where she is now. So yeah, but yeah, this was like a very early one of those. I never even thought about that. You're right. Like yeah. it was around the age of her kind of beginning of her rough spot yeah. at 11 right 11 is that crazy years old yeah on a funnier note um drew barrymore apparently couldn't sing <laughs> i uh, they i noticed they dubbed her yeah. singing <laughs> yeah so apparently they they brought somebody in linda Harmon, to dub her singing voice nice. which i don't really feel i think is really funny too because there's not that much singing in it mm-hmm. from her um and a lot of the time it's with other people so they could have just been like you don't sing well, that's fine. Like, yeah. he, no offense, but, like, could the other people really sing that? Like, was the, sin- <laughs> the, here we go, the Cincinnati song. Oh, my gosh. There is an infamous Cincinnati song that happens right before the crash and we get into Toyland. Uh-huh. And uh, I, to this day, I still play it in my head when I'm trying to remember how to spell how to Cincinnati. Spell it. Yeah, that's- yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I don't even... Like, we can't play a clip of it, I don't think. No. Because that's, yeah, we'll get in trouble. And I'm not singing. I couldn't sing worse than Drew Barrymore. I know. Basically, you just, it is a legendary song about Cincinnati. And we just say, it is one of my favorite parts of the movie. (laughs) Please go look it up. If you don't even watch the movie, just go watch this part first. And, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful song. It makes no sense whatsoever. As we were getting ready to start recording, I was like, I have two pages of notes, but I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. (laughs) And that's because I'm just looking over it now, and the majority of the notes I actually wrote down are about the song, about (laughs) Cincinnati. Because towards the second part of the movie, I was watching with closed captions on, and it does help drive home a little bit more what the lyrics to the Cincinnati song are. So they have an homage to the Cincinnati Reds and Mm -hmm. the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they also say that Cincinnati is Ohio's Maserati. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which really, really made me laugh. Because, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to knock Cincinnati, but... Nothing in Ohio is a Maserati. (laughs) Nothing in the whole state of Ohio is anywhere near that. And you can tell how dated this movie is, too, because they make a ton of Pete Rose jokes, too, Uh, which is so 80s because, you know, this was pre-gambling problem, uh, pre-lots of other issues with Pete Rose. So they're full of jokes, Pete Rose jokes. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah, it was was wild. And all of the... uh, So uh, Keanu Reeves comes in before Toyland, Mm -hmm. and so all of the people in Toyland um, are people that have come from Lisa's real life. Yes. Uh, and so uh, Keanu Reeves plays Jack, who works with um, her sister Mary, uh, Lisa's sister Mary, mm-hmm. at the toy store where she's going to pick her up. And they're, um, I guess, their boyfriend and girlfriend, or, or they're about they're, like they're flirting. about flirting. Right? Yeah. Like you know, they're like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense when you get into Toyland and see that they like love each other. You're like, oh yeah, of course. Like we've established this. Right. But, yeah. And then the the really jerk boss of the toy store that won't let anybody go home and everything, of course, becomes the evil Barnaby. Of course. Yes, the guy who's creepily sexually harassing a teenage girl. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty rough. But yeah, so Barnaby um, is this just like old guy dressed like a crow <laughs> essentially yes, yes. and he's trying oh. to marry he's trying to marry Mary mm-hmm. um, the money thing doesn't seem to 
be part of his thing at all. He just wants to marry Mary because she's beautiful. And uh, they find out that his secret plot is to take over all of Toyland and turn everybody into monsters and make it dark and horrible and Christmas sucks basically to him. So uh, the the main plot in Toyland is that Lisa t- ends up teaming up with um, Mary Contrary, Jack B. Nimble, and Georgie Porgy, mm-hmm. all, the, all the Mother Goose characters, and they're trying to find the Toy Master of Toyland um, and find a way to stop the evil Barnaby from taking over Toyland. So that's kind of a the end, the the rest of the the progression of the of the story there. Yeah. So. I this movie really is so random. Like, it, it is. You messaged me while you were watching it, and you were just like, "I looked away for a second, and now they're throwing cookies into like a pit <laughs> in the floor." <laughs> Wait, what? Why? They just made all those. <laughs> and the, the goons—they're two henchmen of Barnaby, and they look like Power Rangers side, like evil sidekicks. So yeah, the other thing about the Cincy, the Cincinnati song, is that Barnaby constantly refers to Lisa as he calls her Cincy Watsky. Cincy Watsky, which is one of my favorite like burns. <laughs> like Miss Cincy Watsky. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Um, also, yeah, you're right. Everything is super bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love the most is like the creativity of, well, it's also very problematic, but the creativity of their cookie system. So their driver's license. I always loved the cars. Yes. The cars look like these like, they're, they're like a a mini Volkswagen without the top part to it. Uh-huh. And it's just really bubbly. And they have, like, flowers painted all over it. And it just looks so beautifully 60s. Yes. Um, That's so funny because I actually called them bubble cars. Did you? Yeah, they were bubble cars with flowers on them. And when they drive, they kind of make a pop sound. Yeah, they have, like, like bubbles are coming out Yeah. But they also, they're, like, go-karts. They're basically, like, fancy go-karts. Yes. Yeah. Always look super fun, though. And the driver's license is a cookie. Yes. (laughs) Is the main thing that I got my, like, thing and that I forgot. As I was, like... How, like, do you, so so my question is, like, what is the system of license renewal? Mm-hmm. Is, is there one in Toyland? Because that cookie can't last. <laughs> also, if I was getting it, I'd need a cookie within, like, the hour, because I would have eaten like, my driver's license. My license is gone. I know what happens when you eat the cookie. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's really hard to, to like, put, put that to test, because the, then when everyone gets in the cars, they all have this, like, really elaborate system that they do when they're driving so they obviously have to know how to drive but really it's just like golf cart style pedal anyway right yeah <laughs> very much <laughs> so we get to the part later where um and this is i think in the whole movie georgie porgy is my favorite character oh, georgie because he's so sweet and so hilarious at the same time yes um but so they they get to all of their trying to do stuff and while they're trying to track down where all, like the missing cookies went um, which is what we were talking about when we were mentioning the cookies getting thrown down the pit. Down a hole. Bar- that's like one of Barnaby's things, like his evil plans. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of the cookies. Um, and he blames it on Jack B. Nimble. And so, who, who also turns out to be Barnaby's nephew. Nephew. Dun, dun, dun. Ah. So he's trying to blame Jack B. Nimble for the missing cookies so that he can be out of the way and he can, you know, take over and get married again. So... Um, after that happens, they end up having to, like, prove his innocence, and then they go to, uh, as a group, Barnaby's lair, which is, <laughs> which is a giant <laughs> bowling, bowling ball. ball just, like, stuck in a hill. And the only way to, well, I don't know what the, they never really show the door. No. But you can, like... There are multiple ways to peek out the windows, which are just the three holes in the bowling ball. But I feel like when they get there, they kind of fall into the hole of finger holes, and then they end up 
there are multiple times where people are going down a chute into yeah. an evil lair. It seems like he can just do that <laughs> But he at will. can just do it whatever yeah. he wants. Because we see uh, Lisa goes in first because she's the brave one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's like, guys, it's fine. And then she gets like sucked backwards into the hole. Right. And you see her going down the, the hill, like yeah. the, the, the tunnel. And they all end up in this big cage inside Barnaby's lair, which this is the part where it truly hits my 80s, 90s nostalgia uh-huh. because it's that kids movie that's super creative and magical and then like real dark at one point. Yes. And Barnaby's lair is creepy. It's full of, of nightmarish monsters that all look like kind of foresty tree mossy things with glowing yellow eyes and everything kind of looks like the like if you were to fall into the bog of eternal stench from Labyrinth, mm-hmm. like <laughs> that entire place looks like that. Yes, it so. reminded me of Princess Bride too. Some oh yeah, Princess Bride. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. The uh, the um, oh I don't what even remember what that place. I just yeah. remember the the rodents of unusual size. Yes. I don't remember what the yep. place is called. <laughs> that was the exact scene I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah, and they they are creepy. Well, and then the. Um, Barnaby has two sidekicks that follow him around, too, mm-hmm. and th- their names are Zach and Mac, which That's I thought right. was so bizarre. Yes, they're so modern. Why is that such a modern and normal name? Not, like, some weird troll names. But they are kind of funny at slapstick humor. Yes. Like, when they're throwing the cakes into the pit, they have a baseball bat, and they're just, like... Whomping <laughs> these cake boxes right into a hole. I thought that was I pretty funny. I never realized how much baseball reference there is in this <laughs> movie so until much... <laughs> now. There really is. Did Pete Rose underwrite this movie? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any credits on that, I don't think. But those two were pretty creepy, too. Although one of them reminded me a lot of... Um, the character in Rocky Horror. I know you're a Rocky Horror fan. Oh, um, uh, the one with the, like, he has no hair on yes, his Oh, yes. I can't I remember yes. this. I'm letting everyone down. I know. Um, that's all I could think of the yeah. whole time. No, the one that's with the maid uh-huh. all the time. Yes. It's, um, yeah. oh, gosh. We know who we're talking about. We do. You know, you know who it is. But you one, all know who we're talking about. One of those... Uh, Zach and or yeah. Mac looks like that character to I, me. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. which one uh-huh. you're talking about. Yes, it's, it's, it's so spot Can on. Can we also talk about why Barnaby has just one very creepy, long crow nail? It, because it looks menacing. It's so... I Because I thought all of his nails were like that, and I was like, oh, that's really gross. Oh, yeah, there is and that moment. Like, he, he holds his chin at and one it's point, just, it's, it's just like the long one. one. It's either his thumb or his... Pointer is a pointer finger, maybe. Maybe, but it's it's really creepy. Maybe they tried to have every nail, and Richard Mulligan was just like, "No, I'm not do doing this. this. I hate, I hate, <laughs> I hate all of this." Yeah, my only other guess is that um, it was to add to the crow kind of look, like it looks like the beak or a claw, because uh-huh. his. Well, and my favorite creature in this movie is Trolla. So Trolla is oh, his true love. Yes, Trolla is. Like a crow creature, um, Trolla is this. It's Trolla's creepy, first of all, but yes. I love, I love her. Um, Trolla is like a oily, slick black giant crow with one giant cyclops, one eye. eyeball, uh-huh. yeah. and she is kind of like one of those like seer cre- like characters and creatures for Barnaby. She can go around. And um, if she changes her eye to be sort of like a crystal ball type effect, she can show Barnaby what she's looking at. Mm-hmm. So he can spy on everybody in Toyland. So she's she's a pretty cool creature, but she's also really menacing and, and scary. She's like, scary. If I if, like if Trolla came up to me, I'd be super freaked out. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. 
It's also like the concept of having like CCTV around. She's just a mobile camera, really, because they do kind of a fisheye lens whenever you're seeing what Mm -hmm. what Trolla is seeing. Her eye is just her eye is her face. Yeah, it's her entire face, and she's just an eye and a beak and greasy oily feathers. But also kind of cute. Right. <laughs> in a very weird, in a weird way. Yeah, in a very weird, yes. that kind of, like, puppet stylization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see anywhere where it said that the, the Jim Henson company worked on this movie. No. But uh, one of the cool things I found out is that Trolla is voiced by uh, Sherry Weiser, who is the same person who voiced Hoggle in Labyrinth. Oh, nice. Which is, is, is uh, it might be Sherry. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But, yeah, I absolutely love that because I love Hoggle and I love Labyrinth. And and um, that's just, yeah, that's just such a cool little thing that I, I never knew about as a kid. That's awesome. And so I love Trolla. Uh, super creepy. And, um, yeah, he, like, he doesn't want anything to happen to Trolla. At one point, it's very sad for him because uh, Lisa, like, like, smears black paint all over, over Trolla's eyes. So she can't see anymore uh-huh. because they get attacked in the toy maker's um, Workshop. Workshop. Toy, yep. toy workshop. A toy shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when they, like, finally get back out and everything. So the um, the darkest part, I guess, of this, which is also the funniest part, is while they're trapped by Barnaby, they um, are in this cage. All of them end up getting there. Mm-hmm. And he slowly starts emitting this gas <laughs> that starts turning them into creatures. Yes. And, like, that's, I guess, his thing. Is like they'll slowly start thinking and turning into creatures then I guess the physical stuff happens because they never get that far uh-huh. but all their voice like in order to show that they're becoming monsters their voices just go like la 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 we're characters to like this no we're really monsters yeah. <laughs> and so Georgie Porges is the funniest one <laughs> because in order to bring them all back out Lisa decides to sing the Cincinnati song Cincinnati. again a song that none of them know but then they do for some reason but then they do for some reason yes and so this is this movie does not try to hide like it does that whole like oh was it real or was it a dream but I feel like this this movie pretty much straight out says this was a dream this was a dream and she acknowledges that so maybe that's why she sang it yeah but yeah she has them all start singing it and eventually they all start coming out and then you get to Georgie Porgy and he's just like gibberish not even saying full sentences he's like gone the most monster and he's just like <laughs> he's the furthest gone yeah and so eventually he starts singing and it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. So I think what one what the way that they're getting turned into monsters is that they go to the toy shop or the workshop and for whatever reason, the toy master, played by the great Pat Morita, yeah. yay, he has been distilling the essence of evil into a bottle yeah. that he keeps in the workshop for no real reason. Um, and it's just a glass bottle, like, flask that is full of black liquid, and that is what uh, Barnaby wants. He And he steals it. He makes off with it. And so when they start turning into monsters, I thought it was because they were, like, pumping in, like, mist from this bottle of distilled mm. evil, and that's what's going to turn everyone into monsters. But he wants to turn everyone into monsters because he wants to take over Toyland? Yeah question mark yeah he just wants the power to take over he's the just power hungry yep village yeah. the town but then the toy master workshop really is the only other Christmassy part yeah. where there are lots of toys and yeah. like 
And building. they do kind of allude that he is the Santa character uh-huh. without actually calling him Santa ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as that evil bottle, I mean, he says, I think I remember him saying something about keeping the balance of, of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And maybe like that explains why he's got the bottle. But like they don't really go that much into it. No. So I guess he's just the keeper of the evil so that it doesn't go into the wrong hands. But yes. um, yeah, he's but he's never referred to directly as Santa. He's always called the Toy Master. Um, but yeah, it just it suggests that he's Santa way too much. And then in uh, he ends up having the, um, you know, magical, most recognizable characters in Babes in Toyland, the marching soldiers. Mm-hmm. And you hear the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yes. And Which he, is a, a funny because that's the Nutcracker. And this is basically yeah. the Nutcracker story, too, yeah. where like, it, so they go into the world of toys. Yeah. Yeah. So he uses those as, like, the ultimate his secret weapon to defeat Barnaby's monster army. So yes. that they finally find the Toy Master and that's his secret plan. And then you get this fun battle of you see the monsters and you see all of these soldiers just like kind of, you know, out of their hands and arms and they've got, you know, their little rifles and they're just kind of like, you know, go into their little toy war and <laughs> then everybody starts retreating on Barnaby's side and mm-hmm. they're successful. So um, you know, of course, happiness has to has to win. Happiness in the has end. to win. Uh huh. Of course. And that's when uh, the toy master finally says, "Well, he doesn't. He's not keeping her there." But he finally says, "Like he has a way for her to get home." And this is the other thing where they make him Santa, and it gets Christmassy again. Yes. Because he brings back out his sleigh, and it's uh, full of of bags that I'm going to assume are full of toys. Mm-hmm. And he's got the tri- the the Santa red coat and the white trim, you know, mm-hmm. he's got the Santa coat on. Yes. So, he's Santa. Don't tell me that he's not he's Santa. He's definitely Santa. He's Santa. Even though they never say Santa, he's Santa. Yeah. And he's a great person to play Santa. I love, um, like, just Pat Morita is a great person to play Santa. I love that they made, like, an Asian Santa also. Mm-hmm. Like, and nobody, like, thought twice about it yes. or, like, made a big deal about it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so she ends up getting to fly on the sleigh, says bye to everybody, and then... She wakes up on the couch. Of course. Of her, of her house. Of her own house. And her mom's there. Everybody's there. Wait, and my last note was, why isn't Lisa in a hospital? <laughs> like, they try to do this whole... They don't need no thing Like, Wizard of, obviously, a yeah. Wizard of Oz thing. It's where it's like, oh, like and that. you were there? And you were there? But the kid just got flung out of a moving vehicle <laughs> and... And she hit and a they tree, just, like, scoop her up and take her home and lay her down on the yeah. couch. And she wakes up like, oh... You're all here. She'll be fine. I'm like, no, this is not a farm in Kansas in the 50s. Like, you could go to the hospital. It's the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati Maybe must have good hospitals. Because they, they do sort of make it out to be like they they don't have that much money. Yeah. Uh, maybe they can't afford Ooh, to go. That that's, could be. That's We're getting way too deep into it. But yeah. <laughs> the finances. Like, we're trying to make it make sense. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's just supposed to be a lighthearted Christmas film. And it is. It's just, it, it's one of those that's just weird enough to uh-huh. make it my favorite. I love I, it. I always love those. Um, but yeah, it is, it is just, it makes me, it makes me happy too. And even like all the brightness that doesn't feel quite Christmassy uh-huh. is just so joyful and, and goofy. And it's Keanu Reeves. That's great. I love that you love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, I, it's, I'm never watching it again. I probably won't. I don't think I'll go back to it. It's not what I'll revisit. But I will say, if you're interested in seeing it, it is available to stream on Hoopla. 
That's how I watched it. And you'll see. It's also on Canopy. Oh, is it? Yes. Excellent. I looked that up today. When I was so Keanu's face is right there, front and center, and the cover. So you'll know you'll have the right one. Yeah. So um, if you're a Keanu yeah. fan, if you're a Drew Barrymore fan, um, if you're just looking for something fresh, even though it's from the 80s, if you're looking for something that you, you probably haven't seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're younger and have seen all the newer ones, then then that's that's a good one to look up. I think so. Yeah. Because there's, you know, the ones on Netflix, like, you know, they're great. But, we, like, those are the ones we watch first now because they're the ones, like, they just keep coming out with new, like, proper Christmas movies. Yes. So, yeah, just, like, take a look at some of the old shelves, some of the ones you haven't seen. Um, I remember... That, besides that one being my favorite, I also have always loved Muppet's Christmas Carol mm-hmm. and The First Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay. Love Nightmare Before Christmas. Excellent. So I those are those one. are the ones that I'm going to this year. Yeah. Do you have any? I really love uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay, nice. It's my favorite, National Lampoons. And um, Christmas Story I watch every mm-hmm. year. I've been really in a deep dive of Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas okay. movies. Um not gonna lie kind of enjoy the heck out of those they're sort of like hate watching them like I like to tease them and make fun of them a little bit but really they're, like deep they're a down. ton of fun I hear that from a lot of people no shame I also just watched a movie that was a horror movie I've seen a lot more Christmas horror movies this year there's a whole genre there's really there's so many uh, Rare Exports have you okay, seen Rare I've Exports not. oh I highly recommend that one okay. I think you'd like that one a lot okay. um, that is set in Finland or Norway somewhere where it's very very cold and um, you just have to watch it I'm not even going to do a good job something is frozen in a mountain and then uh, there's a mining company that tries to get it out and I'm not going to tell you anything about what it is but it was really really good it's all (laughs) about this little boy who's like trying to hunt down what they're looking for it was really really good um, <laughs> and then we just watched one modern one on Shutter called The Advent Calendar have you heard of this I've one of oh my gosh this is legit a horror movie okay. it happens to take place around Christmas and it is surrounding an advent calendar so it makes it Christmassy but uh-huh. it's a legitimate scary movie okay. a woman is a paraplegic and her best friend comes back from a trip to Germany and gives her an advent calendar that she bought in a market uh huh and the first day, the advent calendar pops open. It plays like a little voice. And it's in German, so her friend has to translate it to her. And it's a piece of candy. Uh-huh. She says, well, you have to eat the candy. If you eat this candy now, you have to eat every piece of candy oh, right. that comes out of this calendar. And something good or bad will happen after you eat each piece of candy. And you okay. won't know what it is. Oh, that's so terrible. She gets really involved into some really terrible okay. and scary that things. Very and it has kind of a um, like a story frame of like the ring or something where it's like you, it's something you have to pass on to somebody else. Okay. okay. And it, it was really Your that woman who gifted. Really I'm not yes. accepting an advent right? calendar. Not, don't don't take an advent calendar from anyone, especially if it talks to you and it doesn't speak English. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like for some reason, yeah. I was probably. I mean, because there's the other one. If you're into horror movies, there's a whole genre, like a little mini genre. There's Krampus. There's uh-huh. Black Christmas. Uh-huh. There's, there's multiple versions of Black Christmas. You know. So there's definitely stuff out there. Yeah. Um, there's like a. These are these are like 
like parody horror, but there's like Santa Slay, yes. like, like S L A Y, and uh-huh. like a bunch of goofy ones like that too. So if that's more your thing, there is a, a, a market out there for you as well oh. for Christmas movies. Well, I watched Christmas Evil this year, <laughs> and also the horror movie Jack Frost. Oh yeah, I know. Oh my goodness, that one is a tough watch. I've not seen that, but oh. I do have a special place in my heart for the Michael Keaton Jack uh-huh. Frost, the, the like the happy one. Yes, absolutely. So, I always love, love that. Love Michael Keaton. Yeah, huge so, yeah. Christmas movie fan. I really like. I'm trying. Trying to watch 25 Christmas movies for 25 oh, nice. days of Christmas. That's a good one. I just checked with this one. I'm one behind, so I'll have to get caught up this okay. weekend. But I always try to do that with Halloween and mm-hmm. Christmas, and it's just like I love movies, but it becomes a lot. Oh, it, this time of year, especially, it's hard to make time for a movie yes. every day. Yes. Um, the one last thing I'll say is I'm really excited for. The Gateway Film Center in Columbus is doing a screening of... They're actually playing horror uh, horror <laughs> Christmas movies um, every weekend, and they are playing um, White Christmas oh, on that. Sunday. I think I'm planning to go see that, so it should be nice. That's excellent. I love that movie. Yeah. That one is just so sweet. So we hope that you guys have some wonderful, warm-hearted movies, or if you're not into that at all, your own special Christmas movies or alternative Christmas movies mm-hmm. like Die Hard, you know, all the ones yes. that are definitely... Are, are Definitely Christmas movies. Um, Definitely. We will leave a comment if you want to fight with us. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we hope that you have all of that all mixed up or whatever you're celebrating. We hope that you have some amazing traditions that just lift you up. Yes, it, it can be. It can get a really be a really busy, crazy time of year, and being able to take some time and just settle and enjoy the the time of year and whatever holidays you're doing. If you do that and just be with some people that you care about. Yep, cozy up to a good movie, cozy up to a bad movie, mm-hmm. cozy up to something that you like as your tradition. Yeah. And we hope you have a great holiday and we will see you sometime in the new year. Yes. We are the Library Gals. Go to the movies and goodbye uh, 2021. Yeah, please be <laughs> please be a good 2022. <laughs> Join us next time for Library Guys Go to the Movies. For more information on any of the films or digital services we've discussed, please visit DelawareLibrary.org.